celebrating you today with much delight hallelujah and we say it is good it is good to praise the lord and make music to your name almost high for you have set us free hallelujah you set us free today lord praise you lord jesus you filled us filled our hearts full with your joy and we celebrate you today father we celebrate you lord jesus hallelujah the secret of the lord is for those who fear him Make them know his covenant. Eyes are continually toward the Lord. He will pluck my feet out of the net. Sing it again, the secret of the Lord. The secret of the Lord is for those who fear him. He will make them know. 
to share with you the word of the Lord. Like I said, today is uh, November, I'm sorry. Today is August the 23rd, 2020, and it's 9.05 in the morning, amen. And uh, we're going to be talking and getting involved today in a topic called prosperity, amen. And uh, <clears throat> I just uh, encourage you, uh, let me post the outline for you, and we will get started with some prayer in a minute, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah, Father. Bless you, Lord. All right, so I'll just give it a minute here. Let some people join. Amen. Get some people going here. A uh, lot to cover today, amen. And I'm excited, amen, because uh, uh, there's a... So, well, let me just wait a minute. It's 9.06, amen, now. And uh, praise God. Let's just go ahead and pray now. It's 9.06 in the morning now. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity, Father God, to bring forth your words of life, Father God. I thank you that your word is life unto those who find them and help to all their flesh, Father. I thank you that the entrance of your word gives light, it gives understanding to the simple, Father. We need you, Father, in this hour. We need you desperately in our nations, Father God. And I thank you, as the Lord Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer, amen. That place of prayer, glory to God, of coming in before you, Father God, is the place that your angels are ascending and descending. They're ascending up, taking our prayers, and they're descending down, taking the result, bringing back the results to us, O oh God. And I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, for the power of your word and for the revelation of the Holy Ghost that the Holy Spirit has given me, Father, for this hour. I thank you, Father, for my brothers and sisters that are partaking and those that will partake in the future, glory to God. And I thank you, Father God, that the Holy Ghost, amen, has been given unto us, amen, to distribute Jesus, amen, to teach the people about Jesus, to baptize them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost, amen. I bless you, Lord, and I give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. <clears throat> well, as I said, amen, today is uh, is uh, August the 23rd, amen, and uh, <clears throat> I appreciate the Lord, amen, and, and how he ministers to us once again. <clears throat> He's brought me his word today, and uh, I'm grateful for it. And uh, But for now, you know, I just want to get started with this. First of all, we have to understand what the purpose of prosperity is. Amen. Why did God, why does God bless you? Amen. Why does he, why has he given you all these graces, these abilities, these selections, elections, callings, anointings, amen, these strengths, amen. And as the word of the Lord came to me in a dream this week is that, Joseph, I'm going to utilize your strength. Amen. And praise God, I, I thank God for this, amen. I thank God that, that uh, he's fulfilling his word in, in, in my life, and I know that he's fulfilling it in your life, amen. So, uh, but why did he bring the prosperity, amen? What is the purpose, amen? Why does he prosper us? Why does he give you all these blessings? Why does he bless you financially, right? Why does he bring all this to us? Well, we know according to the scripture in Deuteronomy 8, 18, let me just go to that one real quick. This is in the outline, but I, I just, it's on my heart, like I said, to, to help us understand this today. And that, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto your fathers as it is this day. Now, the establishing of the covenant, right? Well, what does that mean, right? Well, first of all, covenant means to cut. Amen. So the establishing of the cutting, amen, if you will, which you swear unto your fathers as it is this day. In other words, if I, the Lord, by my servants and by my way, continue to cut the flesh out of your life, you're going to continue to experience the prosperity and the blessing of God. Amen. Because the scripture says in 3 John 1, 2, Beloved, I wish above all that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So as the soul is being cut away from the flesh and coming into the revelation of the kingdom of God great in a greater and greater greater measure as he grows in faith, amen, faith toward God, well, we begin to understand that, like I said, he brings you into this covenant, into this agreement that he's made with us and our fathers. And in that covenant, he's got to cut away the carnality, all right? So as you grow and mature in the kingdom of God and the grace of God, you're going to grow in the responsibility of managing the, the, the wealth of God. Amen. Not just the monetarily side of things and, and the things that we that we have, our homes and whatnot, and all the blessings that it gives you, but the presence of God, the power of God. If he can't trust you 
in the little things, how is he going to trust you in the things that are greater, you see? So, <clears throat> I wanted to start off with that because, again, it's important that we understand what is the purpose of the blessing. Why did he bless us? Why does he continue to bless us, right? So, I want to look at this now. Uh, it, like I said, we're going to get started with the outline now because I've got a lot of material to cover, amen. And I'm, I'm thankful for God for bringing this forth, amen, in this hour. You know, back in, in uh, February of 2014, you know, when God started bringing me back as far as restoring me, amen, and what he had intended and had purposed in his heart and his life, that is, bringing me back to my former state, amen, of what he had intended. I had this revelation about, you know, the slaughter of the kings, right? Hebrews 7.1. And I've been waiting all this time, you know, to, to bring this forth because I just didn't, it wasn't really on me to bring it forth the way it's going to come out now. But we're going to understand how the Lord operates, amen, and how, what he, how he blessed Abram, amen, and how that God said that I'm going to be your shield. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, for I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Amen. I am your reward, Abram. Okay? And we're going to see in a minute here what, what, he, was, uh, what he was revealing here. All right. Now let me get back to um, praise God. Let me get back to these notes here now. And this outline. All right. Praise God. All right. So the first of all, we have to understand this. This everything that we have is we live by faith. Amen. The scripture says in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live I, in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me and has given himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then grace is dead in vain. Grace, then Christ is dead in vain. And so, in other words, you're frustrating the grace of God when you don't understand that if you don't die to yourself, you see, then, then you're not going to, this life that you're living, you're going to be living for yourself. And not, as it says, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You're not going to be living for God, in other words, you're living for yourself. So that's the first thing we need to understand about this, this prosperity of God, amen, and what God, and how God goes about bringing the abundance and the wealth to the people of God. And first of all, you've got to understand this covenant, this cutting, he's got to constantly cut that flesh, the, the things that do, are not, uh, pleasing to God, the sin in our lives, in other words, the things that are causing us not, not to inherit this kingdom of God. For the scripture teaches us that flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So if we're walking in carnality, guess what? You're not going to be walking in your inheritance. And neither am I. All right? So now, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, all righty, it says here, first of all, verse 1, Brethren, if any be overtaken in a fall, Ye which are pneumatical, spiritual, restore such as one in the spirit of meekness. Amen. Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So we have to understand here that the strength of God in one man, the spiritual, the spiritual life that a man or woman has, is that we got to understand continuously observing this body of Christ, right? Baptized into the body and, and understand that, that we need to be restoring, reconciling unto the Father, bringing back and restoring unto the divine favor. Amen. And we're going to get into that in a minute, 2 Corinthians 5, 5.17 and so on. But and then he says, I do not frustrate the grace. So you're going to be frustrating the grace of God in your life if you don't understand that you're living for yourself, it's frustrating God. Because God is saying, I need you to come to me, my people. I need you to understand that I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. I need you to understand this, people of God. This is what the Lord is saying in this hour, that all you need is me. I'm going to be your blessing. I'm going to fulfill what you need in your life. I'm going to give you monetarily. I'm going to give you houses and lands. I'm going to give you the vehicles and the things that you need, not to consume them for your own lusts. But because the scripture says, you receive not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your own lusts. That's not the purpose of the blessing. The purpose of the blessing is to bless and to be blessed. In blessing, I'm going to bless you. In multiplying, I'm going to multiply. When you bless, you're sowing, you're investing into something. You're investing into the people of God, amen, the tabernacle of God, which temple we are. Amen? 
I hope you're hearing the Lord here right now. And I hope you're hearing his heart, amen. Because God has a purpose. There is a law of resurrection that God is bringing us into, amen. But you cannot walk in that resurrected state if you're alive to yourself. If you're dead to yourself, and they that are Christ have crucified the affections. And they that are Christ have crucified the affections. Let me see, how's it go? And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lust. If you're not crucifying the flesh with its affections and lust, then you're not going to grow in the thing that God has for you. You're frustrated in the grace of God, amen? Now, in verse 2 here, it says, uh, in Galatians 6, 1, and then verse 2, it says, burden one another burden, burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, this word burden here is the word bayros, and bayros means uh, bear ye one another's burdens. Okay, first of all, bear is to endure, to declare, to sustain, to receive. To bear is to lift literally, to lift literally or figuratively. Endure, de endure, declare, sustain, receive. So it says here, brethren, if any of you are taken in a fall, right, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, lest you also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens. In other words, uh, endure, declare, sustain, and receive one another's burdens. You see, and the, and the, in other words, if I'm being overburdened, if I need help. Then you, which are spiritual, should be helping to restore the body. The building up of the people, you see. The purpose of the blessing, the purpose of the financial wealth is to bless the body, the people. All right? Now, because in the growing up of, as sons and daughters of God, we're going to come into our strength. We're going to come into our purposes, you see. Our purpose in God, which is the will of God, right? And in doing so, you're going to go, be going out and turning the hearts of the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. The same thing the Father did to you, for you, and in you, and through you, through Christ, through the Holy Ghost. And bringing you to this place of strength is the same thing that he wants you to do now to the people out there in the world. To your brothers and sisters and those that don't know Christ, you see. Alright, so bear you one of those burdens. Now burdens here is the word bayros, which means heaviness, weight, trouble, and burden. So through the notion of going down, in other words, get under with your brother and help him and lift him up, lift him back up in the spirit of meekness, it says. Consider yourself, lest you also be tempted. The attitude of the heart now. So bear ye one another's burden and so fulfill it all in Christ. Now the word so, in other words, in this manner and thus and so, in this way, amen, fulfill the law of Christ. See, we're fulfilling the law of Christ when we're bearing one another's burdens, right? Now, Let's continue here. And we're in the outline right now. So now the, the word fulfill is to fill up, to make full, right? Uh, to accomplish. Help them accomplish the things that they need, amen? So that they can continue to grow and then turn around and help others grow in the Lord. And be raised up and trained up as sons of God, daughters of God, as disciples of the Lord. Now, and it says, for so fulfill the law. The law is the word nomos. Anything established, anything received by usage custom or law or command. Now in the Strong's it says the law is through the idea of prescriptive usage. Okay, and, and this is came out, this revelation is, it came out already and it's been out. I mean, we, I've been, the Lord has revealed this now for a few months now. And the thing is, is that it says uh, through the idea of prescriptive usage, specifically uh, of the word, including the volume of the book, the word of God, in other words. So a principle, right? So in other words, when you parcel out, you're given a small measure. And that's what God does for us. He, the law of the spirit of life is he gives you that Zoe of God. Romans 8, 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. That word, same, that word law is the same principle. That he parcels out the measure of Zoe that you need. Zoe is the life of God. And that life of God brings comprehension, brings revelation, brings understanding for yourself, for your family, for your loved ones for your body of Christ, for the world. That law, amen, is what's allowing them to see and comprehend and understand and bringing God into their space and into your space, into your life, you see. The life that I now live, I live by the faith. You have to have faith toward God to see all this. You're not going to get a revelation of the kingdom of God and who God is and who Jesus is. You see, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You're not going to get that if you're not dead to yourself and alive in the God of Jesus Christ our Lord. Galatians 2.20 again. So the law of the spirit of life. So I had a revelation about this in that if you had an animal and you have to give them uh, 
food, right? You graze them, you know, you, you allow them to eat, you know, oats or whatever it is, or my dog's dog food or whatever. And and, and you allow them to eat, right, and continues to continuously eat, right, and don't put a, a, a law there, a governor there, you see, to stop them because they will eat till they get sick. You see, they will eat till they're full and, and, and beyond that. And therefore, that's going to injure them or hurt them. Well, it's the same thing with us is that we can't handle the measure of God in his fullness. So he's got to parcel it out in small measures, even as something that you're prescribed, right, from a doctor. It gives you in certain dosages. Because if, if you were to handle whatever the, the maximum dosage is for something, if you wouldn't be able to, I mean, beyond the maximum dosage that's been prescribed, it would, it would harm your body. It would harm you, right? So... I'm just explaining that we're talking about here principles of the kingdom of God and that we have to be increased and inherit the land. In other words, your soul has to be increased with the increase of God. You've got to prosper, amen, that you, as it, as it says in 3 John 2, 3 John 1, 2, Beloved, I wish that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So the measure of the, of the soul that's prospering is to the measure of, of the wealth and the prosperity and the blessing and healing of God and strengthen your life and so on. You see that? Now, all right. So, <clears throat> fulfill ye the law of Christ, amen. The law of Christ, amen. Now, now let's go now to Galatians 6 5. It says, Bear ye one another's burden. I'm sorry, Galatians 6 5. I'm sorry, let me quote that one all right. Galatians 6 5. Now, for every man shall bear his own burden. All right. Now, this word burden is a different word. It's the word portion, P-H-O-R-T-I-O-N. And what this is saying is that the burden or the load. So, in other words, every man must bear his own load, his own burden, his own responsibilities. But if he gets out of the place where he's not able to manage it and bear it properly, then those that are Christ should restore him in the spirit of weakness, you see, and fulfill the law of Christ in their lives. Bear the overload, in other words, for one another, but let every man bear his own burden. So you got two words, bayros and portion. Bayros, again, as I said, is whenever it's an overload for your life, you need the body of Christ, amen. And this is where communication, amen, and confessing, if you will, and, and coming forward to your brothers and sisters is going to be made known what you need. You see, Jesus said, you receive not because you ask not. You understand? Now, in that principle, it's the same thing with one another. If, we don't, if I don't know what's going on in my brothers and sisters' lives, then how am I going to pray for you? How am I going to help fulfill the need if I can fulfill the need? You see? All right, now, <clears throat> so how do we keep strong in the faith? How do we do this? Well, you have to feed on the word daily. As the scripture teaches us in Exodus, that they had to go out and get the manna every day. Only get a portion for what you need. If you get more than, than what I prescribed to you, Moses told them, it's going to turn to, in other words, what happens is when they went beyond the boundary of what the what was prescribed to them, the horizon, the boundary, the law, the measure, the amatros, they went over low, they went overboard and got more than they should have, and it turned to worms and it rotted, you see? Because God wants you to understand that I've got to give you a measure of Zoe in small amounts, you see? And, that, and we apply that to our lives. We apply the, what he's bringing in that small amount. And let me tell you something. This small amount that you think of God, that in other words, a small amount of Zoe is really a great amount of Zoe. Because the next step that he brings you into is another measure of your inheritance. Of your prosperity, in other words. So, in other words, and so you've got to exercise what you know strongly. Stay with where you're at. Until he, be, he increases and you inherit. Stay there. Stay there in faith. Stay there in consistency. Glory to God. Constant in the word of God. Stay faithful to the word of God. In your patience possess your souls. That's Luke 21, 19. And in that hupomene, that consistency, that's how you possess your soul. You see? That's how you bring uh, management over your soul. Praise God. All right. Now. So. How do you keep strong? Well, you feed on the word. You maintain consistency in what you know. Amen. Now, in talking about this, we have to understand the law of sowing and reaping, right? And now we're going to get into something about tithing, right? 
And the thing we have to understand is that tithing was before the law. You see, the scripture teaches us that this house, amen, the house of the covenant of God, in the tabernacle of God, there was three artifacts. The law of Moses, the first five books of the Bible, right? We had Aaron's rod, which manifested authority against rebellion. And then we had a bowl of manna, right? And in that place, that, that was called the Ark of the Covenant, right? Well, the Ark of Cudin, you see, is that place that, that God set up before he brought Moses and he had already set this up with Abram. And Abraham believed, Abram believed in the Lord God and his account to him for righteousness. That's what Abraham believed. I'm sorry, Romans 4, 20 there in that area. So what I'm getting at is that Abraham and the example that he showed us here. Now, we're going to get into Genesis chapter 14, 18 through 24. Now, I want to read this to you in its entirety first. And then we're going to cover some principles out of this. A lot, a lot of principles here. All right. Start with verse 17. And the king, first of all, the background on this story is that there was, in Hebrews 7, 1, it calls it the slaughter of the kings, right? And the background here is that uh, Lot was in Sodom, all right? And there were some kings that came and overtook Sodom, and they took, you know, the wealth and the possession of Sodom, including the people. One of those individuals in his family was Lot. So when Abram got wind of this, uh, he sent out 318 of his trained servants, amen? And they came and they fought against these five kings, four against five, the scripture says. And then uh, they overcame them, right? So now we see now the, the king of Sodom, right, that had been part of this uh, battle, went out to meet Abram after his return from the slaughter of Chedorlaomer. And the kings that were with him at the valley of Shaveh, which is the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, all right, Salem here, well, let me just read it, brought forth bread and wine. And he was a priest of the Most High God, praise God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. Amen. The one who owns everything. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up mine hand unto the Lord, the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth. I will not take from thy thread even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou shouldest say I have made Abram rich. Save only that which the young man have eaten, and the portion of the men which went with me, Anner, Eskel, and Memory. Let them take their portion, glory to God. Now, there's a great revelation here in what God uh, has revealed. And we're going to now decipher some, I mean, go through some of these uh, verses now. So first of all, uh, the slaughter of the kings, right? The scripture says in, in Galatians, I mean, um, uh, Genesis 14, 9, all right? It says that and with, again, Cheror Lamor, the king of Elam, and with title, king of nations and Amprophel king of Shinar and Ariok king of Elisar four kings with five so there was a battle here five kings were the enemy four kings were Abram and, and, and these four different kings here okay and so they came and they now we, we see and we understand here is that so there was four against five and then verse 16, it says, He brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women and the people. All right? So Lot came back. Um, um, hang on. So Abram, like I said, he came back and restored, you know, his brother, his, uh, oh, it says his brother Lot. So a couple things here. Verse, the king of Salem, the scripture says he brought forth bread and wine. Now, we need to understand this principle here, right? Why did the king of Salem come out and have communion? Because that's what it was. The bread and the wine were communion with Abram. What did the king of Salem understand about Abram? <laughs> Praise God. He knew that Abram, as it says here, we're going to read this. First of all, let me read this statement here. Broken bread and poured out wine. Jesus lived his life to pour it out. This king of Salem came and brought a blessing to Abram. You see, he was a priest and he was a king. He was Melchizedek. That's what Melchizedek means. 
And so that he brought forth to Abram bread and wine. Amen. In other words, he was there was a principle here. That the principle is, is that I see that, that God has blessed you and you poured out your life for others. Amen. You poured out your life for Abram. And now all these families are rescued. Amen. He was a good shepherd, glory to God. Now this is, uh, I want to read just a small passage here from this book called The Marisimals by Brother Randy. So we all begin the Christian life absorbed within ourselves. But the only way we are supposed to be is as a son of man. For even as a son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his suke or his soul a ransom for many. That's Mark 10, 45. So in other words, we live as he did, not to be ministered unto, but to minister and serve, to pour out. The entire revelation of communion is of broken bread and poured out wine. You cannot distribute it until you break it. And then you can pour it out. Amen. So in other words, in Matthew 26, 26 through 28, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Glory to God. You see, so one thing we need to understand about Jesus Christ, first of all, is that he was after the order of Melchizedek. And there's several scriptures in the Bible that testify to that. I'm going to read a couple here. Amen. So in Psalm 110.4, The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Hebrews 6.20, Whether the forerunner is forever entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For he testified, Hebrews 7.17, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So Jesus was a priest after the order of Melchizedek. All right? Now, and the thing that's special about this is that Melchizedek was having communion with Abram, glory to God. And so the communion that we have with Jesus Christ and with one another, we have communion with Jesus Christ and one another when we are broken bread and poured out wine. There is no other way we can fellowship and commune unless we're being poured out for one another and broken out for one another and poured out for this world and broken out for the world. We can't bring the power of God, the presence of God, the revelation of the kingdom of God. We can't do any of this work if we're not laying it down for one another. Jesus said, the greatest one among you is the one who serves. Amen? All right. So Melchizedek was a king and a priest. Amen? We are after that same order of Melchizedek. Jesus was after the order of Melchizedek. And guess what? You and me are after the order of Melchizedek. We are kings and priests. We serve God as priests, and we serve the people. And we dominate and rule the enemies. As the, as the five, four against five went out to fight here. The four kings went out to fight the five. And the four kings with Abram won the battle, the slaughter of the kings. Amen. So in other words, we as kings dominate and take land. Land in the spirit, though. Not land, uh, not the land of, uh, of, of you know, property-wise. Although God will, again, like I said, it's not that he's not going to bring us into this because the purpose is for the covenant, the cutting of the covenant. The purpose is to make a place, amen, for brothers and sisters and so on to get discipled and trained. And to do that, you've got to cut away the carnality. Amen? So they can come to the place where now they're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, when they pray and they come forth before the Lord, God is hearing their prayer. Amen? As priests of the Most High God. <laughs> Now, the thing is, uh, Abraham was, was of the Most High God. As you see there, amen, Abraham was of the Most High God. Praise God. So it says here in, uh, let's see here, verse 18, And Melchizedek the king said, brought forth bread and wine, and he was a priest of the Most High God. So the king of Salem was a priest, and he was a king, glory to God. And he blessed him. So kings, priests, bless, bless. Priests bless. They bring blessing to one another. They bring blessing to the world. They bring blessing to the body of Christ. Right? And he said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. So they acknowledged here that God is the possessor of heaven and earth. It all belongs to him, you see. 
And as we're going to see later in the outline is that we are stewards of this blessing. Amen? And the, and the part that God has brought to us now. All right? So now we get into, like I said, Melchizedek, right? He gave him, the scripture says, uh, blessed be Abraham by God, the possessor of heaven and earth. And did I read those? No, I didn't read all those, but you can take a look at those. Psalm 24.1. Let's look at that one real quick. Just some examples here. All right. As a Psalm of David, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. And then verse Psalm 50.12. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. This is the Lord speaking. Psalm 89.11. The heavens are thine, the earth is also thine. As for the world and the fullness thereof, you founded them. You're the one that, you're the one that birthed them, amen? And Haggai 2.8, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, in understanding that revelation that everything already belongs to the Lord, the scripture says that Abram gave him a tithe of all. Everything that they acquired, amen, Abram gave him a tithe of all. You see? All right, so Abram gave him a tithe of all, right? So Melchizedek received tithes of Abraham in Genesis 14, 20, man. El, Ab, he received tithes of Abram. Now again, he received from Abram. He wasn't God, but he was a priest and a king. And Abraham recognized something here. Is that I, he's blessing me first, even as God blesses us first, and then we turn around and bless others, right? So everything that, that had been acquired, the scripture says that Abram gave to the Lord a tithe of all. And in doing so, we understand here that this principle of tithing and giving, the point is is that I need to see if you're willing to cut yourself and make a, and, and keep this covenant with me that I've already made with you. In other words, I can be selfish and keep the tithe, amen, or I can give it as unto the Lord. Right? Give a cheerful giver. And that's what I choose to be the latter, right? And, and and I'm grateful for this principle, amen, because I know that God is going to turn it to my blessing. Because in sowing, you're going to reap, you see? And he that sows sparingly, reaps sparingly. He that sows bountifully, reaps bountifully, glory to God. Now, so he received tithes of Abram, Genesis 14, 20. Tithes given, were given 400 years before the law of Moses. So it wasn't a, a law thing, right? And, and we also understand in Hebrews 7, 4, that he gave Melchizedek a tenth of the spoils. Everything that, that Abraham had acquired here, you see, he gave it a tenth back to the Lord in similitude of Melchizedek here. So Abraham raised, now in Genesis 14, 22, well, a couple other things here. First of all, he brought back all the goods again and his brother Lot and his goods and the women and the people. And the king of Sodom is the first one to come out to meet him. And he told him, let me take all these. And the king of Sodom, it says, they went out to meet Abram, the king of Sodom, and the kings that were with them were all carnal. And the only thing they were considering is what they wanted first. All right. But Melchizedek brought forth bread and wine. And he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him. He blessed Abram and said, Blessed be Abraham, the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave them tithes of all. So the priest of God turned around, the king priest of God, Melchizedek, turned around and blessed Abraham. Right? Because he was a spiritual man, he understood the order of, of, of operations here. <laughs> but the natural man was only considering himself. They, they, they wanted what they wanted first. And then... Everything that Abraham had acquired in the slaughter of the kings, he gave him a tenth of that. Now, in verse uh, 23, 14, that I will not take from a thread even to a lat shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou shouldst say I have been made Abraham rich. So see, he wasn't going to allow this carnality to motivate him and allow that thing to be first. He did the order of operation, the order of first things, back unto the Lord and gave him a tithe of all. And that's the principle here. Is that if you give, glory to God, he's going to give back to your life. Amen? 
I was telling my sons the other day, you know, being blessed is not just monetarily and things that we have in possessions. Being blessed is being able to walk in divine health, glory to God, divine healing, calling unto the Lord anytime we need him. And glory to God, he's there because he hears our prayers. That's a blessing right there. Amen. So the thing is, is that Abram, God, Abram already trusted God. Amen. And he went out in faith knowing that he was going to recover Lot and his family. And his, and his, as he calls the scripture, call him his brother, but he's actually his nephew. And Abraham already trusted God. And the money and possessions were not rulers over Abram's heart. And he proved it because he told, uh, he told the, the king of Sodom, let my guys take their portion. In other words, save only that was the young man of Eden and the portion of the men that were, which were with me, Anor, Eskol, and Memory. Let them take their portion. Amen. Let them take their portion for their families and what they need. You see, but Abraham didn't take any of that. He turned around and gave a tithe. Before anything was given out, parceled out, he gave it back to the Lord. Amen. And that's the principle of prosperity is as you give, he's going to give back to you. Praise God. All right. So now, let's take a look at something else here. Mm. So in Genesis 14, 22, Abraham raised his hands and acknowledged the Lord. Amen. Who, who, who was his source? And, and we see the same principle here in Genesis, I mean, Daniel 12, 7. So for, let me read that one real quick. And I heard a man, and I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that lives forever, that it shall be for a time, times and a half, and when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. So there we have an example that he lifted up his right hand and to his left hand unto heaven. Amen. Unto the Lord. Now in Revelation 10, 5 and 6, And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand unto heaven. Even the angels, glory to God, acknowledge the Lord. And swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that are therein and the earth and the things that are therein are and the sea and the things which are therein that there should be a time there should be time no longer mm. so again the principle there is that he raised up his hands to the Lord they raised up their hands to the Lord so in other words he is the possessor of heaven and earth amen and we raise our hands up to the Lord to acknowledge that amen that you are Lord of all father you are Lord of my life and I allow you to dictate my life through the Holy Ghost what the Lord Jesus' intent is, which is bringing me to the Father. Amen. You see, the principle is that Jesus sent the Holy Ghost. He descended down, right? And and Jesus went up, ascended. He had to resurrect first before he could send down. And he sent the Holy Ghost to us, which reveals to us Jesus Christ and what Jesus wants us to understand for the body of Christ. And then he turns around and prepares us for the Father. Amen. So now, we're going to talk now about stewardship. Stewardship is a key, again, in managing what God has given us. The graces, the elections, the calling, selections, the anointings, amen. These are all have to be managed, you see. So a steward is a manager and administrator. Examples in the Old Testament is Joseph. Look what he got promoted to. He knew how to manage the seed, glory to God, the seed of the kingdom of God. And he knew that there was going to be a famine coming from these dreams that, that, that uh, the Pharaoh had. And as a result of that, God promoted and honored him and blessed him because of his faithfulness. So, and that's in Genesis 39, chapter 39 through chapter 41. So, now, in, in, in looking at Haggai 1, 1 through 15, right, the people, you see, the, the, the verse 2, thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, 1 to Haggai, saying, this people say the time is not come, the time that the Lord has shall be built. See, Many, many, many individuals out there proclaim that they're preaching the kingdom of God, but they're actually building themselves up. And that's a problem, you see. As it says here, is it time for that the house, shouldn't the house be being built instead of you? You're lavishing on yourself. You're bringing in gold and silver and all these things, right? And, and, and therefore, uh, you know, what about the people, man? You take it for yourself, but what about the people? Why aren't they being built up? Why aren't you utilizing all that strength and that finance and that blessing and all these anointings and graces and stuff in your lives 
to bless the people and train them and raise them up. Why aren't you making opportunity for them? You see? So these guys, if you look throughout Haggai chapter 1, is Israel was unfaithful to the Lord. Amen? So God increases us as we are good stewards. We are to be faithful. You can prosper if nothing has a hold on you to where you can give it away if God asks you to. You see that? And it's proven in, in your attitude, right, and how you blessed one another. Again, Deuteronomy 8.18, I read that a minute ago. Praise God. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, his cutting in your life. You're not going to get anything if you're not allowing yourself to get corrected and trained up. Which he swear unto the father, fathers as it is this day. Amen. And uh, praise God. Amen. I mean, the word is so clear about these principles, right? Uh, Deuteronomy, Proverbs 21.5. Take a look at that one. He says, the thoughts of the diligent tend only, only to plenteousness, but of everyone that is hasty only to want. So if you're being wise in your stewardship of your monetaries, then God... You're always going to have plenty. But if you're being unwise and hasty, you're always going to grow, be wanting. Now, the scripture says in Genesis 15, 1 and 2, praise God. Genesis 15, 1 and 2. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what would thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? So you see, the Bible says that God, all right, these principles here, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. What exceeding here means vehemently and intently, intensity, right? Exceeding, man, beyond what you can comprehend and understand, wealth, you see, the, the riches, amen, of anointing and strength and power because you are able to manage your soul against the side that, that would want to rule you, which is money. Great, exceedingly great is to increase in whatever respect and then reward is the payment of contract, the salary, the fare, the maintenance, and the compensation. Glory to God. And the fare, so you're on a journey through life. If you obey God, he will foot the whole bill for you. He'll always make a way, glory to God. And remember that you've got to believe in God's word but you, before you can believe for it. This is why it's so important for us to stay involved in the word of God and keep living by faith toward God. And faith toward God is the word, amen, that we bring before the Lord because of the rhema that he's quickening your spirit. You see that? Amen. The reward, amen. And so again, 3 John 2, verse 3 John 1, 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper, and be in health even as your soul prospers. As you prosper in your soul, that is, and allowing yourself to be corrected and raised up and trained up in the kingdom of God, then guess what? You're going to move into your strength and into your inheritance. Amen? So we have to understand here is that money is the lowest form of prosperity. But we need it, right? We need it to, to make a place, for example, for the people. To make a training center is my desire. To train the people to make disciples, you see, in in a great in a great way, you see, and 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 still be in a place where we can help the fatherless and the widow. True religion, right? True religion. True sons of God and daughters of God are always thinking about the fatherless and the ones the widows, which means they're not married or they lost their husband somehow. And so, blessing and helping and covering and being a covering for those that need to be. Encourage and strengthen them, and so their sons and daughters don't grow up, you know, being used and bastardized by the system and by Satan. You see, manipulated and tricked every time you turn around. Right? So we ha we must have the prosperity. So Romans twelve two talks about, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is part of your soul. That that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewed in your mind and your belief system. So that what's in your heart and your mouth is the word of faith which we preach. Amen. And then he says in James 1.21. 
Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Amen. The engrafted word means it's got to cut and that seed's got to get into the ground of your heart. When you plant a seed into the ground, the ground has to be cultivated and the, and the ground has to be cut or open to be able to drop that seed in there. The seed of the kingdom of God in our hearts is never going to grow up if we don't allow ourselves to get cut and allow the seed to get planted. Isaiah 55, 5 and 6. Behold, thou, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, and call upon the name while he is call upon him while he is near. See, the burden is destroyed. The, the burden that you try to manage yourself is destroyed when you let go and let God. Amen. So in other words, seek the Lord first. Amen. So, <clears throat> praise God. We must agree with the word and its power. In Isaiah 10, 27, And it shall come to pass in the last day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder. The burden is the overload. And his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. You see, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Bear ye one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. The anointed one in your life is what allows you to bear one another's burdens. And also allows you to bear your own burden. The bayros and the portion. Amen. When that strength of God is in your life, amen, and you are able to bless and be a blessing. You see, you're able to give without... Without, in other words, it's not, a, it's not a hard thing for you anymore because you're dead to yourself. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lusts. It no longer is a problem for you, amen. And God loves a cheerful giver, glory to God. So in, in uh, Matthew 11.30, right? I'm sorry, Matthew 11.29, that's what it was. So in Matthew 11.29, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my portion, and my burden is light. So learn of me, because I'm meek and I'm lowly in heart. My attitude is humility, glory to God. And who does he raise, and who does he promote? The humble. He resists the proud. You try to do it your own way. But he'll give grace to your life if you humble yourselves and do it God's way. Mm. Mm. So, again, take my yoke upon you. Take my burden, my portion. See? Because it's easy, glory to God. Because I'm, I've got your back, glory to God. Now, the wisdom of man is in the preparation. Proverbs 61, the preparations of the heart in man. And the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. You're going to get something from God if you prepare yourself before the Lord. In prayer and seeking God and fasting and staying before the Lord and seek Him, you see. So the proving ground of stewardship is money. In Luke 16, 1 through 11, the story of the unjust steward and his wisdom. See what he did, right? And he said unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had the steward that came and accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. So this steward was unjust, right? Now, I want you to see the latter part of this. Hmm. Verse, Luke 16, 9, start on verse 9. And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of mammon, of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. See, when you fail from your own, trying to do it your own way, and your own, and your own faithfulness, see, you're going to be received unto everlasting habitations, because you were faithful. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust at least, at least is unjust in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you the true and trust you with the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, how shall he give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one or love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And the purpose is here is to serve God, and he's going to bring you the mammon, because he knows that you're righteous, you see, in your management of the monetary blessing. So we've got to learn how to budget and save. Have a savings account. Be faithful in the little things. 
Once you begin to operate in the power of God and in the word of God, money is going to flow. And if you do not know how to handle it, it will deceive you in the days to come. Amen. 1 Timothy 16, it says, The love of money is the root of all evil, while, which while some have coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You see, sorrows here, right? Pain and anguish. 1 Timothy 16. I want to read that definition for sorrows. 1 Timothy 6, verse 10. Sorrows here is grief, pain, anguish, and, and grief, man. Consuming grief, pain, and sorrow, man, because you allowed yourself to go your own way and you started coveting or lusting after. In other words, it became an idol to you, the first thing. All right, now, uh, Proverbs 18, 9, He that is slothful in his work is a brother to him that is a great waster. So don't be slothful, amen, in your efforts. Be diligent about what you do. Don't let money have a hold on you. The rich young ruler, Luke Matthew 10, 17. And when he was gone forth in the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal zone? And Jesus gave him what he told him here. It says in Jesus, verse 20, And, master, and, he, and he answered and said unto him, Master, all these things have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him. You notice that he beheld him and he loved him. In other words, he corrected him. One thing that thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and take up the cross and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Mm. Mm. So, if you read through the through the parable here, Again, it, the problem, the issue was is that money was his idol, and that's it's it'll be an idol to you and to me if we do not know how to manage ourselves with this monetary blessing. You must forsake all things. You can leave something, but still have it in your hand. Your motives and attitudes are very important. What is the motive for why you're serving and helping? Is it that you can gain favor from the people, or do you want the favor of God? And see, the favor of God brings favor of the people. But you, again, you've got to manage your heart properly in all this. If you're not faithful with money, God cannot trust you with his power. The definition of prosperity, the highest form of prosperity is the ability, the ability to use God's ability and power to meet whatever need you may have. And, as it says, as I read earlier, bearing the burdens of one another. The overloads, the bayros. Be a giver. Luke 6.38 Given and shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, with all it shall be measured to you. You see, so if you're if you're given grudgingly, it's going to be so bad. You're going to receive grudgingly. In other words, it's an attitude of the heart, right? Give with the right attitude. Amen. Amen. Now, so bountifully. All right. Now here, Second Corinthians nine six through. 15. I want to read all these verses. But I say, he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man according to his purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. For God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Grace, amen. The unmerited failure of divine influence that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. And the building up of the people of God is a good work, praise God. We need to be building up one another and bearing one another's burdens, you see. As it is written, he had dispersed abroad, he had given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Increase the fruits of your righteousness. Being enriched in every good thing to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the want of the saints, the burden of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Many people are thanking God because they're being blessed, you see, because of the abundance. 
While by the experiment of this experiment of this administration, the glory for God for your professed subjection unto the Lord, unto the gospel of Christ, and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men, and by their prayers for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you. Amen. They long after you for the exceeding grace. In other words, because you're able to pour out and give whatever you have, revelation, understanding, anointing, power, and so on, monetary blessing, bless, speaking a word in season to their lives, you see, because of that, they long for you. They long for the Christ in you. They're going to end up being directed back to the Lord Jesus Christ. And by their prayer for you, you see, thanks be unto God with, for his unspeakable gift. As the Father distributes to us, to me, I distribute to you, glory to God. They will pray because of your generosity. Now look at this in the message. Uh, verse 14. So 2 Corinthians 9, 14, the message translation. 2 Corinthians 9, 14. And we're about to close here. Meanwhile, moved by the extravagance of God in your life, in your lives, They'll respond by praying for you in passionate intercession for whatever you need. Amen. And I'm encouraging you right now, body of Christ, pray for those that are ministering these words of life to you. The revelation of the kingdom of God, teaching you the ways of God. The scripture says, Amen. Don't muzzle a working ox, and a worker deserves his pay. In other words, give and it shall be given. Don't be intimidated by it. You have to, you have to understand the ground that you're sowing into. Are you sowing into an organization that's asking you $1,000 for a bottle of oil? Are you sowing into an organization that will send you a DNA kit to see if you have Jewish blood in your bloodline? This has been going on for hundreds of years, man. Right? I say hundreds. It's probably more like in the last 50 years, right? Whether whether coming up with all these packages so you'll give a $500 or whatever offering for three tapes and a book, you know. Come on, man. That's Babylon, man, not the kingdom of God. You see what I'm saying here? They're going to pray for you because of your generosity, amen. And I'm asking and encouraging you to pray for Brother Joseph, amen. And those other brothers and sisters, man, that are sowing and sowing and sowing into your lives, day in and day out, glory to God. Amen. And there's a purpose, right? The purpose is to build the covenant of God, to establish his covenant. And that place of the covenant is that place where he has to cut. Amen. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. We come to a place, amen, where in Jesus' name we'll be a disciple and trained. And now because we pray, the angel of God ascend with the prayers of God and descend with the solutions from God. Amen. This all works hand in hand and works together. Amen. This orderly arranged arrangement of God, the kingdom of God. Amen. This is what he desires in our lives. Amen. So that we may continuously grow up and help bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for this tremendous opportunity of bringing forth these precious words of life, Father God. Your word is life unto those who find them and help to all their flesh, Father. And help us to understand and comprehend, Father God, that we must bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And that every man must bear his own portion, Father. We bless you, Lord, for this opportunity, Father. I thank you for those that have partaken today and those that will partake in the future, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Celebrate, celebrate the glory of our God. Celebrate, celebrate His wisdom and His power He has given to us the victory. Celebrate the glory of our Sing it again, celebrate. Celebrate the glory of our God. Sing it again. Celebrate.
celebrating you today with much delight hallelujah and we say it is good it is good to praise the lord and make music to your name almost high for you have set us free hallelujah you set us free today lord praise you lord jesus you filled us filled our hearts full with your joy and we celebrate you today father we celebrate you lord jesus hallelujah the secret of the lord is for those who fear him He will make them know Him. 